I got joy like a fountain. Hallelujah. I sent Brother Timothy a text this morning. I felt like a Neil Armstrong sitting on top of a rocket. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. And we came to church this morning and, and we went to the moon. <laughs> you can't make that stuff up. You really can't make that stuff up. Amen. You love the Lord? Hallelujah. Isn't he good to us? You just think about the incredible potential of a service like tonight. When God has some plans, God has some plans. We know the testimony of Sister Mariah. God had some plans. Sister Elena, God had plans. Sister Karen, God had great plans. We were in a prayer line here a, a couple of years ago, maybe three, would that be right, Brother Aaron? I was writing it down the other day of, of just some of the things that I knew that took place in that one prayer line. Would it be if, okay if I just share this just for a moment? We saw thing after thing take place, miracle after miracle take place. And something in my heart just, Brother Wendell Martin's wife was back in the line. Something just kept speaking to me. I was getting weaker and weaker and weaker and something kept speaking to me. Stay until Jessica comes through the line. I remember as she come through the line, God spoke to her, I give you your son. A son that was backward and away from God in many different directions and looked like hopeless. But today that young man is serving God, married. I slipped out of the line and the line continued and fell into the, the arms of Brother Tim Winters. He would carry me and they would put me in the car. As they would put me in the car, Brother Aaron would be my driver that night. And as we went to the cabin where I was at, we slipped in the cabin and Andrew, my son, and Aaron carried me in the cabin. And as we get in the room where we were at, the Spirit of the Lord came down. I turned to Brother Aaron. God spoke to Brother Aaron in a special way. I told him that day it would never be the same. That's a great big boy up against the wall. He went, arms spread out. He came back to the building to shout all over that building and tell people what was going on. God was calling him into the ministry. No doubt things that he had fought for a long time. God was just letting him know. Brother Donnie, 
just a moment I sat down on the bed and God showed me a vision of a of a baby boy. And I spoke to Andrew and I said, I see a little boy. We're gonna have a baby. Andrew's response is not me, Daddy, not me. <laughs> My son-in-law had been in an accident and his hips crushed. His back crushed, his shoulder crushed, his leg crushed, ribs crushed. My daughter was born with a with a condition in her body that the doctor said it was absolutely impossible for her to have a child. I'd like to show you that baby. I'd like to show you that baby. Do we, do we have it? Can we, can we do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's worth waiting for. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm a proud papa. Hallelujah. What was interesting that the Lord Jesus gave me his name. And Brother Doug, I would have to hold that secret even from Andrew and write it down. And hold that paper and watch them come home and tell them, we're with child. Go through the process of Whitney being so excited that which was impossible has become possible. Hallelujah, we went to the gender reveal. They were going to take a gun and shoot it. They asked me to sign up, which, what do you think it is? I refused to sign the paper. It's not right if you already know. What do you guess the name is? It's not right if you already know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they said, we want to tell you its name, Daddy. We've already given it out that we've told the name. I said, I already know. Isaac Jackson. You see, that's, that's just a small thing for God. I share that with you tonight, not to elevate me whatsoever, but to elevate the Lord Jesus Christ. That he's a living God that is among us. What you may think is impossible is absolutely possible to the Lord Jesus tonight. Maybe you've come to this meeting tonight and if you can just help me pray this afternoon, I would like for you to invite him. We're very aware that he's already in the building. There was a man standing kind of near a wall and he heard a noise coming. So wherever Jesus was, there was always a lot of noise. And heard a noise coming and he was standing there blind. He'd heard stories through the years of, of a Messiah, of miracles of prophets 
But today Jesus is passing by his way. He heard one after another there as they come up over the hill, testimony after testimony after testimony. And he began to scream, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And it stopped Jesus in his tracks. Maybe you come tonight with, with a need that looks absolutely impossible. The days of miracles are not over with. But understand like that little girl that grabbed a hold of Brother Branham's lapels. He told her, he said, I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. No man in this building or in the earth is a healer. But we believe what the word said. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I've got some incredible needs to bring before him even now. And my brother Eugene, I have his picture and a car cloth as I will speak tonight. What looks impossible is possible. Hallelujah. Let's just talk to the Lord. Lord Jesus, even now, even now, Lord Jesus, we ask you to once again, if we have found favor in your sight, Lord, that we could speak the words of eternal life one more time. I think about the grace and the mercy just to be able to stand here. Lord, whether you're the speaker or whether you're the hearer, Lord, many incredible obstacles has already been blown away just for us to be able to stand here. But Lord, blind Bartimaeus screamed, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Now he went home from that event no longer ever needing anybody to lead him to that spot again. He was never blind ever again and known by that name. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask you that you would come and touch your children, Father. As we look to you now, we ask you that you would come and take your word, that bread of life, and Lord, let it live, Father. We thank you for this evening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Apologize for having you stand for a few moments, and, but I got a feeling I'm going to be standing for a little while. And, amen. Psalms chapter 23 and verse 1. And part 2. For those that was not here last night, our thought is the hurt will never stop the music. Psalms 23, David is writing the song. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside of the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, 
though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated. Brother Branham told us an interesting story. He said, as a little rabbit, the story he, the hounds were right behind him. He could feel their hot breath upon his feet. Just a little while, another jump or two, the hound was going to get that little fellow. And he would be gobbled up. Just in a moment. But after a bit, he saw a hole in a rock. And he thought, if I could only get to that rock, then I'm safe. And just as the dog made the last jump at him, he felt his hot breath on his heels, but he ran right under that rock. And then he could sit down and let off the pressure. The hound could not scratch through that rock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a song that David would write. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David would not only write this song, but many that we read to you last night and shared to with you, that throughout the ages would be songs of music to which that would be the voice of God. Through their lives, as they begin to sound out the music, and music many times a, a writer catches inspiration from God. But God must send them through some incredibly deep trials so that they can preach, I mean, sing certain songs. Hallelujah. Now David, we read, we have the luxury to be able to look back thousands of years and be able to see the hurt and the turmoil and the scattered life and the pieces that were broken and shattered, that were tore all to pieces. This, the arrows and the, 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 the knife marks and the great swords and many times greater than swords are hurts of anger, jealousies and malice. Kingdoms that would come against him. Sometimes deep relationship scars that came against him. I read to you a scripture last night about as he had saw the ark of the Lord coming home. And, and it was now moving from, from the house of Obed. And, and they were making, or making that way as it was coming home. And it was, he was so rejoicing and wanting to have God a place that he began to rejoice. And in his rejoicing and in his dancing and as he began to worship and 
He kind of broke into another realm as we watched Brother Aaron dance for his first time on this platform last night. And as he began to enter into another realm, he kind of got a he kind of got in the flesh and his 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 clothes parted just a bit. His wife of his childhood, the sweetheart that had been given to him by the king and the entitled wife, the woman that had known, had known what it was like to live in a king's house and the luxury of a king's house and the, and the entitlements of a king's house was now looking out the window and opening the, so to speak, curtains if we could take that luxury. And now she's making fun of the music and making fun of the worship that is taking place. Not realizing the cost of what it was going to cost her. You see in the plan with God, God's an eternal God and he watches over, over, over time because in eternity just watches over time and you see, he knows what he's deposited on the inside of you and what you will bring forth in your life. And Are you with me? You can't count the apples uh, uh, even hardly on a tree, but definitely you can't plant, you can't count the apples even in one seed. So sometimes you just look and maybe think, well, I'm just one, but what you don't realize that God sees way beyond that one. You, let, me just, let me just share this with you. David would have hundreds of children, even into the thousands of children, one of them being Solomon, that would build the house of God. And David's greatest desire was to build God a house that he might be worshipped in. And he would gather the materials from all over the earth to build such a house as that would be. God would tell him that you, you are not going to be allowed to build it, but you will, you will be able to gather the materials and your son will do it. Now let's just think about the cost of it just for a moment. Here's a, a, his wife, his first wife. Here's her. She is, she is now disdaining the worship, not realizing the real worth of the masterpiece that is standing in front of her. Not realizing that through him. Are you with me now? I'm trying, I'm trying to behave. Through him will come forth many prophecies. and Incredible songs that will be known throughout even the eternities. Through him will be battle after battle. That'll be won. Victory after victory. He will become a king and, and he will have a great kingdom. One like the earth had not known before. But today all she could see was embarrassment and shame. And from that, that shame she begins to respond. Because words have power. And words, words sometimes say, well, I didn't think about it. That's impossible. Words have power. They come from a root source. And she begins to speak out her words of disdain, not knowing the cost, not realizing the cost of what it's going to inflict upon her, that God will curse her womb. And she will now become 
a barren woman. And that's what happened with, with the church world in this day. When they turned to re, turn down the message of the hour and make fun of it. Not knowing that they would become unfertile to produce Christ in this day. Hurt. I'm sure David absorbed that hurt not knowing what his future would be. The incredible pain that it would inflict upon him. You see, you're just in a moment of time. He would tell her that tomorrow I'll be more vile. The process of time would go on. The kingdom would be built. He couldn't read a book that would tell him that you're also going to portray Christ in many other ways. You see, when we look at one another, sometimes we only look at the outer shell and we don't have an appreciation for the real cost of the hurt and the despair that we have had to go through. Are you with me? We look at Michelangelo's uh, Moses and we look at it and Brother Branham was standing in front of, of, of one of the one of the masterpieces and he's standing there and he looks and no doubt he, he sees all of the things, but he sees something that nobody else sees. The scar on the knee. And he catches the inspiration that what he had worked on over 40 years had now was more than in his mind, but was now sitting in front of him. And our prophet, are you with me now? Our prophet saw all that he went through that it would come before him. That's what God's doing now. Now David would kill Goliath. They would even begin to sing songs that you've killed your thousands and even your tens of thousands. It would cause Saul to get jealous. David would, would begin to go through some different anxieties and he would have to go through many processes. I'm just thankful in life that God doesn't give us our greatest test at first. I'm really grateful that God allows us to build up in our molding process. I'm really thankful that he don't give us our hardest test when we're a young Christian. But he allows the process of us warring with our own humanity. And not just our own humanity, but other humanities that are around that's also fighting the same process. David would stand and he would stand and listen to the prophet of God said, he said, now the Bible said he was a high priest. He said, do you believe that? He's a high priest that can be touched by what? The feeling of our infirmity. He said, that's, that's what's happening. You're touching the high priest. Not me. God has a channel to work through. He works through man. He always used man. When Jesus came, that was God in flesh. Hallelujah. He said that was God in flesh working 
working through man. He was God in David. He was God in Elijah. He was God in Joseph. David, a rejected king, went up over a hill, weeping up over the Mount of Olives. 500 years later, the son of David, a rejected king, wept the same thing over the same city. It was the spirit of God in him and it's the spirit of, of God, the spirit of God in the son of David. Christ weeping over the rejected king. In another place, he just bears out, he said, our, our last thought here, God was made man in his own image after his kind. God made a man after his kind. You get that. He said a man after his kind. Well, uh, what kind of a man was he? If you'll look back and see what he was when he, he was made flesh, he was a kind of a man he makes, is that right? A man after his kind. He said, that's, a, that's, that's his kind of a man. He said another time, he said one, one time to a man, you're after mine own heart. A man after his own heart, David. He said, you remember that. The spirit of God in David. David, a rejected king. Always the anointed is rejected. David, the rejected king, went up to the hill when his own people. He said, I'll preach this just for the next three minutes. When David, his own people should be, his own kind dethroned him. His own son and run him off of the throne. And David went down there and even one of them come out of there spitting on him. God anointed king. This little old guy come along there crippled up in his doctrine. The Bible said he was crippled. You know he went along spitting on that king. Watch Christ spitting on him. The messenger by his side, an angel represented, pulled a sword and said, should, should the head of that dog stay on him? Spit on that king? And the angel said, I'll strike him dead. And David said, put up your sword. I have to do this. And he went up on the top of the hill of Jerusalem and looked back down. A rejected king. And he wept. 800 years from there, the son of David, the spirit that was in David in a portion, stood on that same hill, a rejected king. He'd been spit on and made fun of, my God. I can imagine God said the angels walking along there with him. When he went up there to Calvary, shall the head of that dog stay on him? Hallelujah. Shall the head of that dog stay on him? Let him alone. Oh my. There's coming a time. But what about David when he come back? The story changed. David come back riding in triumph. <laughs> and this fella come running and screaming for mercy. Let them alone. 
He'll come someday in power. And then they were laughing. We'll turn to the other and say, well, this or that other way. That's right. Just let them alone. But God said, David, you're a man after mine own heart. When God creates a man, he's after his kind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if 10,000 bolts of lightning's got this much power in it. Are you with me now? Just think of that. He could have had that guy's head. Let him alone. He would also write, our, our prophet would use it for the rapture. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing that I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I can imagine as this next part of the song stands that comes to David. He knew what trouble was. He knew what heartache was. He knew what disappointments was. But when the Spirit of God began to breathe down on him till now's this next portion of the sermon, I mean the song. For in the time of trouble shall he hide me. In his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me and he shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer. Oh God. Oh God. In his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. I will sing. Brother Ron, I can't sing. Your life is singing. It's your life that is singing. I will sing. I will sing praises unto the Lord. I think about sermons that we have preached through the years. And how each one has meant something incredible to us. It was a prophet that had been under the influence of a king. And he got his eyes on a king. Maybe you've got your eyes on somebody, some king somewhere. Maybe a kingdom builder. And you've got your eyes on him. And then disappointments come. And then he went into the presence of the Lord. He went into the tabernacle. And he had a breakthrough. He got beyond all of the elements of the world and the disappointments of the world and the, and the troubles of the world. 
was captured into the presence of Almighty God. And God allowed him in a vision to see the presence of God. And he beheld the train of God and the seraphims of God, the angels of God worshiping. How that even their worship shook the earth. One of their worship shook the earth. Brother Bram said, this is the quietest world that you'll ever live in. And this prophet began to begin to con- become a part of that presence and he began to scream, woe is me. Woe is me. And in that presence he realized, I'm, I'm dirt. I'm moon dust. I'm a rock. I have no light within myself. I can't give his strength out to nobody else. Are you with me? He realized I'm nothing. The angel took a tongue, a coal from off of the altar, and laid it on his lips. He said, Here am I. Send me. You can't run with the message until you first absorb it. You can't talk about a book until you first eat it. You can't tell about a living Christ until a living Christ lives on the inside of you. Until then, you're telling somebody else's story, somebody else's theology, somebody else's thoughts on it. But when you know that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, and you've come into the presence of God, and you've met the voice behind the voice, more than a preacher, more than a man, more than a song, more than a prophet. Hallelujah. More than a skin veil. If all you see is Brother Branham, you missed the picture. I'm going to preach. If all you see is God sent a prophet, you missed the whole picture. If all the message is is hunting stories, you missed the picture. Listen, this message is to be absorbed and digested and transform your life. It's more than a group of quotes to be put back to back to back to back to argue with and fuss about. But this third pool is to be lived. He's a God in action. He's a living God that is among us. Sure, the farmer's going to have to deal with dry summers and wet summers and long winters and all different kind of difficulties. 
sure the, the factory worker is going to have to deal with all kind of anxieties and situations and overtime shifts and and sure, the little lady at home is going to have to take care of wet diapers and take care of dirty dishes and vacuuming floors. But Brother Brown said, give me a factory worker. Give me a farmer. Give me a housewife that'll put God first in everything. Isaiah one day, through all of his hurt, you think about Isaiah the man. He's going to be given jobs that I really don't, I'm glad I didn't give. I'm really, I'm really careful when I'm critical about somebody else. Let me just share this with you. I'm glad I didn't get Isaiah's job. Where's your prophet at? He's laying naked at the gates of the city. How long has he been there? It's been a long time. How was service? He's down at the he's down at the gate. He's laying there naked. Glad I really didn't get that job. I really I'm really glad. I'm really thrilled I didn't get that job. <laughs> Brother Adam said, you can, see God in, you can see God in the prophets. You can see God in Abraham. And you can see God in Joseph. And you can see God. He said, you can see God in Martin Luther. And you can see God in John Wesley. But so many times we look and see the humanity. If you look long enough, you can see God inside of your brother and your sister. But so many times we see the humanity. We see the wrestling of the humanity and our lips are quick and our tongue is sharp. And Isaiah and all of his turmoils, he did not even know that he's going to be sown asunder. They're gonna hate him so bad. And he's going to write a song or a scripture with lyrics in it that millions of Christians will read it. And upon reading it, they believe God and are healed from every disease. I don't know whether what he had, forgive me. I don't know exactly how he wrote it down or what kind of parchment paper that he put it on. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground, and he hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. And he was despised, and we esteemed him not. 
Brother Donnie, that's enough right there to stop as you, God's giving you those words. Brother Ron, do you mean that we've missed him? You mean we've missed him? And Isaiah's looking and said, they're going to reject him and miss him. Can you give me just a little levity here just for a moment? Maybe I can put it like this. Maybe in this darkness of Laodicea, maybe we're standing before a great gate and we can see it evening time. And it's the most beautiful sunset that you've ever seen in your life. And you're standing there and you're just looking at it and it's so dark. It's around you and there's just a, there's just a little bit of, you know, just at that last moment of hunting. There's just enough light to kind of move from one place to another. Maybe there's masses of people around you. And you're moving. There's a call coming. Maybe, if I could say it, maybe a palace would maybe, no doubt, be kind of a, not quite the right kind of words to say to you, but a palace, forgive me for even putting it like a palace, but maybe a great archway with a gate that would be to it. But you'd need a key to get into that gate. Coming out of that radiance, behind that is a light that is shining forth, if we could. A light shining, a light like you've never seen before in your life. This light beaming out into the darkness. And it'd be more than just like a ray. I just don't have human words to say the brilliance of the light. And it would just shine forth into the darkness. And it would take a key to get through. Why do we need preachers? Sometimes you watch men struggle in pulpits. They struggle as they're struggling with their own humanity, screaming out into the darkness. The darkness of Laodicea and realizing like Noah, could this be my last sermon? Could this be the last time that I'm I'm able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? I want to say it right. I want to have the right approach. I want to have the right attitude. Are you with me? Are you with me now? Now you're going to need a key but you're also gonna need a robe. Brother Branham said, coming to the king's feast, he knows exactly how many he is invited. He knows exactly how many he's invited. And he also has provided everything that you have need of. So he provides your robe. And the reason for the robe is that whether there's going to be no recognition of rich or poor. Oh, hallelujah. It'll cover up all the scars to set at the king's face. Maybe I could just stand here tonight and 
maybe peer across, maybe to the other side of the gate, and there would be your image, Brother Tim. You're working as hard as you can. You've absorbed a lot of hurt in your life. Can you help me preach and give me a little levity? You've absorbed a lot of hurt, a lot of disdain, a lot of, ar- a lot of arrows have come your way, a lot of made fun of. Are you with me? What did it take to, to make the ministry of Tim Pruitt? A lot of hurt. A lot of hurt had to be absorbed. But if you could look at the other side, Jesus, as he walked up Calvary's hill, he paid no attention to all of the mob screaming, hollering at his eyes on Calvary. Oh, if you can keep your eyes on Calvary tonight, you can keep yourself focused tonight. It's not about what your critics are saying. It's more than about the pain and the self-pity. Sometimes you just need to get over yourself. This is more than about you. If you can just get yourself out of the way. Screaming out in the darkness. Could I, could I just be a voice of one standing in the darkness and the lights dimming? And it's kind of like showing up at the end when it's all over with and it's done. And you're standing there going, I miss my day of opportunity. How horrendous. That would be. I'm going to preach. Because God dealt with me last Thursday morning. So I'm going to preach to you here just for a couple moments. This area. God shook every sign that he could shake in front of you. God built this church. God built this property. God had to got your collected your pews together. Sure, he used human instrumentality and you worked for three years and in your labors. But if you could only realize the meetings that God would have. Come on, church. Let me preach to you. Some of you did wiring. Some of you did the heat and the air. Some of you did all different kinds of things. And it was some difficult hours. And maybe even in your flesh, sometimes you grumble just a little bit about long hours and maybe being not think the right way and all of this different kind of things. But if you could just see the vision that there's light gonna shine out from this place. Now, the casual observer will stagger in. They'll stagger in not knowing what it took. All of the hurt that it took 
to provide such a masterpiece. Maybe maybe you're just one of those Christmas or Easter show-uppers. You walk in and you sit down in the pew. You take your spot. I'm going to preach. Brother Tim told me to preach like I was at home. You look around the building. I wouldn't have painted it that way. I wouldn't have done the rock that way. And I wouldn't have those monitors up there. I wouldn't have that music that loud. And, I, you know, I wouldn't have Timothy as a song leader. And, I, if you know, if I was running the show, I'd have a different sort of ministry. And. careful David's wife now you think I'm saying that on my own accord but you might want to look deeper than the skin are you with me God's on a mission are you with me will not stop the music. Are you with me? The hurt will not stop us. The arrows will not stop us. We have come to a place where there's no going back. There's no turning around. There's not an arrow that can go too deep. There's not a sword that can cut just right. There's something on the inside of us like a little stream that is bubbling. I can see the angels said, let me change the picture. Let me change the picture. Let me, let me change the picture. Let me stop this. Let me stop this hurt. Let me just stop it. God say, hold it just a moment. Brother Ronman, you're way out on the limb, am I? Brother Ram tells us about a, an event going on. And literally thousands and thousands of people were gathered to worship an image of, of the prophet. It wasn't an image of a false god. It wasn't an image of Beelzebub or, or some infertility god. It was an image of Daniel. And there was three real believers. And God stopped Daniel from going down there to be with them. And they had to stand alone. There's going to be times you're going to have to stand alone in your life. 
Maybe it's a husband to a wife, a wife to a husband, or sons and daughters to one another. You're going to have to stand alone on what your revelation is of the Word of God. Stand there. Stand upon it. We know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego by name. Because. Because of the hurt. Because of the arrows. We don't know nothing about their homes. We don't know nothing about their families. We don't know nothing about their, their bank accounts. He just said, I refuse to bend or to bow. And the kingdom builder said, turn up the heat. Turn up the heat. Turn up the heat. We'll stop them. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up more than one time. Turn it up more than two times. Turn it up seven times hotter. Interesting number. Angels were standing. And I can see them. Stand. Wormwood said, Father, are you watching what's going on? Are you watching what's going on? Let me go down. I drowned in the world one time and I, 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 I washed the whole earth. Let me go and I can change the scene. Another one stepped out. Another one stepped out. He said, I'm going. Brother Bram said he just loves to do that. He just loves to do that. He grabbed a lightning bolt like a zigzag. Down through the portals of heaven, God came himself. Hallelujah. He's on his way. He's on his way. You can heat it up a million times hotter and you can't stop the power of God from being in your situation of your life. Oh, glory. They started walking. And they started walking because footsteps are possession. And they started walking. And they walked right into that furnace of fire. God will meet you in your fire. I know something about fire. He'll meet you in your fire. When everybody else wants to be your critic, you're going through the biggest battle of your life. God's always there. Listen, when they came through that battle, you couldn't even smell smoke. There was no facial damage. 
There was no damage on their hands. There was no damage on their arms. There was no damage on their lips. There was no damage in their mouth. Their lungs was not damaged. Hallelujah. stand here and tell you I understand trials and he'll be with you. Can you give me just a couple more minutes? They invited this so-called prophet to their meeting. They brought him there to make some fun of him. Really didn't agree with him. They just brought him to make fun of him. You know, he keeps all of his appointments. He come. He come to work. He had to come to. And he stepped through the gate. And they didn't. They didn't wash his feet. They didn't give him a new robe. They didn't put no perfume. On him. And he found himself. Over in a corner. No doubt his followers were sitting watching what are they going to do with him. and Maybe even why he's going, where he's going, preaching that sermon. Why would he even take the invitation to start off with? He knows what kind of people they are. And he knows what kind of hurt that they'll inflict. And he's sitting there. Now there's a little woman that wouldn't be welcome in any of their churches. You see, circumstances of life had caused her to be in the situation that she was in. And it looked absolutely hopeless. A lot of hurt had been inflicted on her life. Scars. No doubt she wrestled with her past and present and even what her future would look like. But she saw her chance. Why are they doing him like that? Why are they doing him like that? Why did they do him like that? Now she did something about it. She did something that none of them preachers would do. And they had all their quotes together too. And they had their robes of dignity and ethic and formal worship together. And at great risk, she went back to her house. She went to her hiding place. And she took 
everything that she had. She didn't get her yard sale hat. She took everything that she had. I wonder if you come to this meeting like that. Is it worth everything you have for your children? Come on, let's lay aside everything here. Is he worth everything that you've got? Is it worth more than your hurt and your scars? Is it worth more than your dignity? I'll tell you what keeps us away from his feet so many times is our pride. What somebody else will say about us. I'll tell you what keeps us from getting loose. Oh, they had a breakthrough. You could have had a breakthrough a long time ago. He's been sitting there waiting all the time. It's your not. Don't you know who I am? I could care less who you are. I could care less. I wouldn't give a nickel for who you are. I don't care what your name is. Can I just tell you a testimony right here right quick? I was preaching a convention. It was overseas. And they put me right in front of what they called a Lord of great dignity in the government. And he was sitting there in his I don't know what you call him. Had all these rings on his hands. I didn't bow. I talked to him like I would any other sinner. I wasn't impressed by his finery and rings. Because as far as I was concerned, God had put me in front of him for a reason. Is it worth the cost? Is it worth breaking through your own humanity to tell a man of dignity you're lost without God? Peter Cartwright's preaching and Ulysses S. Grant walks in the back of the building and he's preaching and the pastor pulls on his coattail and said, the general is here. He said, I don't care what general is here. If he don't know Jesus Christ, he's lost and on his way to hell. And General Grant goes to his door the next morning and said, if I had soldiers like you, I'd win this war in no time flat. He was also the man that one time 30 different rioters came into the meeting and none of the other preachers or nobody would rise up to fight them. So he personally walked out into where they were at and whipped one and two and three and four and whipped 30 men. Right. Yes, 
It was on a Wednesday night and Sunday morning they came back together. And they said, well, boy, after a fight like that in this church, you know, who, who could preach? He said, I can. I can. And they said, what in the world can you preach? He said, let me, let me at it. And he walks up and he takes the text. The gates of hell will not prevail. And the meeting went all day Sunday and all night Sunday night, all day Monday and all night Monday night and all day Tuesday. And on Wednesday, they baptized over 300 people. May we have a breakthrough like never before in our lives. She finds herself at his feet. Brother Joseph, I'm at your meeting in a couple weeks. You're free to free to cancel me if you want to. She gets down at his feet. That has not been washed. Has dung and smell all over it. She gets down at his feet. She don't manufacture tears. But in his presence. In his presence. They just flow. And the preacher started folding their arms. They started whispering. Have you heard their music? Do you know what kind of music that she produces? Do you know what part of town she comes from? If he was a prophet. If if he was a prophet, he wouldn't let her wash his feet. Isn't it strange that Brother Brown preaches this to Laodicea Pentecost? Tell some shame on you. Shame on you. Some of you would have to stand on your feet to dry his, his feet. She takes her hair, which is a woman's glory. And she starts drying his feet with her hair. Brother Branham said, she gets... His smell on her. (laughs) Oh God, that we could come to a service like this tonight. That when we exit the building, all the hurt of my life is gone. And I've got His smell. On me. Thank you, Lord. 
much. You talk about Jesus too much, Brother Branham. He said, I'm glad I'm guilty of that. Now he, he stops. Now he has a conversation with the head kingdom builder. Simon, you invited me here. You invited me here. I came. I came through your gate. Nobody washed my feet. I didn't receive a robe. They didn't put any perfume on me. Then he says, who would be the most thankful? Why do people get excited? Why do people want to rejoice? Why do people want to express their love back to the Lord? Why do people want to wash his feet? Who would be the most thankful? Someone that was forgiven little? Someone that was forgiven much? I know what it is to be homeless. I know what it is to be a drug addict. I know what it is to be an addict in life. I know what it is to have a lot of sins and scars in my life. Sorry just to share that with you. I'm not, I'm not happy about none of those things. But God is rich in mercy. Can you give me just, just one more story? A man named Moody would tell the story, but our prophet would hear it and it would mean something. He'd take from the song book and he'd use it. And he would tell about an armor and company son that was looking for a wife of character. And she was coming to a ranch. He was coming to a ranch and he was looking for a real wife. And the boss, the man that was over top of that ranch, he he told his daughters about it. And they got their dresses all ready and they got the band together and they throwed an incredible party. And he come and he saw everything that he saw in Chicago and that wasn't what he was wanting. And he just kind of excused himself and he was standing at a corral. And there was a girl came out in her bare feet and throwed out some dishwater. She was an orphan. 
And he started talking with her. And when he started talking with her, he told her his mission. And what he was after. And how that she matched what he was looking for. And he made her a promise that night. And sealed it with a kiss on the cheek. I'm coming back for you. For a year, she took him at his word. And she absorbed a lot of hurt through that year. Because she gave a testimony. It was her testimony. It wasn't somebody else's testimony. I stood there with him at the corral. I was in the cave when he came to me. I was down at the woodshed when he came to me. I was at the church and I walked to the altar when he came to me. I heard a song when he came to me. He made me a promise. I'll come back for you. I'll come back for you. (laughs) And they laughed. And they made fun of her. And they messed the house up. She did all that she could to do a better job. And they would just make it worse and worse and worse on her. But she heard the promise. Washing dishes was never the same. Making beds was never the same. But where the persecution actually begins to happen is when you put on the word. She put her hands down through the dress. She got it buttoned up. She put it on. She dressed herself. If there was a mirror, she twirled herself around. The dress fit. Oh, hallelujah. Everything that she needed was provided for. And the dress fit exactly right. What a feeling it's going to be when you wash your dishes. Last time. (laughs) Last time. (laughs) You cook the breakfast. Last time. Last time.
You'll never walk again. Talking to the wrong man. We're going to harvest his organs in a few hours. Listen, don't call Brother Tim to come pray for you unless you really intend to die. mornings we're going to walk in here last time all of their hurt didn't stop the music Almighty God. Did we walk in here sick with this affliction tonight for the last time? Did we walk in here with cancer? The doctor says we're going to die for the last time. Now Satan, I want to remind you There's a little boy walking here. Hallelujah. There's a little lady that's got hair down over her shoulders now. That they said her hair would never come back. There's a sister that her lungs was full of cancer. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did we walk into this building the last time in that condition? ashamed that you being there. We welcome you here tonight, Lord Jesus. We welcome you to our house today, Father. Hallelujah, we welcome you today. And whatever we do tonight, we must get to Jesus. I gotta get to you tonight, Father. I don't need a man, I need to get to you, Father. 
I need you tonight, Father. I need more than a preacher. I need you tonight, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we believe in a God of action. I live in God tonight. Now, Father, as we step to this next moments of, of a prayer line, we exercise that because we believe that you're still a healer. And the hurt of God don't do those things no more. The days of miracles is past. We don't believe that. We believe that you're still a healer. We still believe that you're a way maker. We, we believe that you're in this building tonight. And we have invited you and you have come because you keep all your invitations. Now, Lord Jesus, I hold in my hand a, a handkerchief tonight. And there's a man that his picture lays in front of me even now. And he looks like a Holocaust victim. Doctors don't know what's happened to him or even what's going on in his life. Oh God. But you're God tonight. Hallelujah. And as Isaiah penned those scriptures, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for mine iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Now Satan, I want to remind you tonight you were defeated at Calvary. And tonight we're disputing with a, with a conquered enemy. And you don't even have the keys to your own house. You don't have any arrows for your own bow. You're nothing but a bluff. You have no legal authority to hold God's property in your hands to, to mangle their flesh and their spirit. And at the name of Jesus Christ that is above every name, above every kingdom of hell, above every cancer devil and tuberculosis devil and digestive devil, at the name of Jesus, we proclaim liberty right now tonight. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God, right now. Lord, we present ourselves as ministers of the gospel commission and driven by purpose. And we stand here upon your commission tonight like your disciples did and they were willing to go to death. We're willing to do whatever it takes to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ regardless of cost or words or arrows or darts. We stand on this platform tonight proclaiming again that you're a healer. Now these are your children, Father. Now maybe there's one here that don't know the Lord Jesus. Maybe they've been raised in this message and know many things, but tonight they want to make a complete and total surrender to Jesus Christ. 
Maybe there's one here that's slaves to uh, uh, falling back over and over again and making vows and actually becoming disappointments over and over again. But let tonight be their breakthrough to where they're a slave no longer. May the sound of jubilee come in this camp like never before in this building. May the sound of celebration go forth and echo into the halls, oh God. May barren wombs become fruitful tonight, Lord God. At the name of Jesus Christ, we proclaim your word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. And amen and amen and amen. Amen and amen. Now just now as we turn, turn toward this and apologize for being too long to this point. But now the scripture said that these signs shall follow them that believe. No man needs any applause. We're not looking to a man. He can't overcome his own situations without Jesus. He can't heal his own body without Jesus. He can't even pay for his own sins without Jesus. But that man's been given a gift in his life to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he believes God is an action God. And so he lays his hands, according to the scripture, upon the sick. He don't have to pray a thousand words, but he lays them on the sick and believes that these signs shall follow them that believe. And God is greater than every demon that is in hell. I would like to invite some of the greatest men on the earth to the pulpit now. What others have disdained and made fun of and hurt. All of their hurt didn't stop our music. All of their making fun of us, Brother Donnie. We let them spit on us. We let them make fun of us. Because we knew we was going to ride back in triumphant. I'd like to invite the men of God, our, our ministers tonight, to come and, I don't know, maybe right across this platform now, if you would come. How many has a need in this building now? How many has a need in this building now? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you believe? Amen. You believe? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You believe? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a minister here now. He's, he's standing probably on this platform. His name is Brother Frank. And he just lost the most precious thing to him, his wife. And he no doubt suffers from a broken heart. The Lord Jesus is here to help him with that broken heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Brother Frank. 
would, would you come and do this as a privilege of being the first in the line? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like you to come. We want to pray for you. Hallelujah. How many has a need that you'd like to just come? Maybe come this way. I, maybe the deacons, if you could just help me just now. If you would line up behind Brother Johnny. Hallelujah. I have a need, Brother Ron. I'd like to come behind Brother Johnny. I have a need. I have a need. Brother Tim, you're the pastor here. If you could just kind of stand right here. Amen. Your brothers have just come to Would you mind going through the line first? Yeah, I can do it. Yes.